This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, boys and girls, welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. It's your boy Armando. Uh, great to be here again. Uh, just a quick update. It is Sunday here today at the Bass Kayak and Beers household. I know your epi- this episode is going to record on Tuesday, but for me, it's Sunday and it's Sunday 6 a.m. Um, the reason why I'm recording so early and you're going to see me with a cup of coffee instead of a, by the way, good morning, gorgeous. That's what the coffee cup says. Um, the reason why I'm starting with a cup of coffee, not a beer like I usually do, it's because I am recording with a great guest. Um, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you will. I got Stian Slora. I think I s- pronounced it correctly. Um, he just won the Hobie World. And he, he is from Norwegian or Norway, I should say. And uh, again, he won the Hobie B, the Hobie Worlds. I keep saying the Hobie BOS. That's just the tournament here. But for the Hobie Worlds, he represented Norway, and he actually won the three-day tournament. You know, it's kind of complicated when there's a seven-hour difference. So we actually settled on today, and for me, it's early in the morning. So yeah, that's why you got me. You're gonna see me sipping on some coffee instead of some beers. But anyways. I'm really excited to bring this episode. Uh, I know the Hobie world has been, fishing world has been delayed due to COVID for a couple of years now. Um, It's finally back and it is exciting um, to watch it on Instagram and Turning X and and seeing all those great anglers from around the world just come together. And, you know, what is pretty much for us, the kayak fishing Olympics, uh, great group of guys and girls out there i know christine fisher ended up in sixth place um and a couple of other um people uh from the u.s got into i think the top 10 i, I forgot all the names but and i do apologize about that but anyways this is going to be a great episode really excited to have stian join us and make time from his busy schedule to join us on the podcast other than that for myself as i've told you i've kept myself in check and put it out there that I'm starting to lose weight. I've gone from 212 when I started this to 
201. So I've lost 12 pounds. I got another five or 10 to go. See if I can if I can make it. But any case, I appreciate you tuning into the podcast. And uh, before we go to commercials, quick thank you to Douglas Rod. Check out DouglasOutdoors.com to check out the full lineup of LRS X Matrix in award-winning fly fishing rods. So we'll go to a quick work points commercial, and then we'll bring Stian in. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stian Schlora. Did I say it right? Schlora? Schlora. Yeah, pretty. Uh, it's close enough. Pretty close. For yeah. an American. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty close, right? How you doing, man? Yeah. Pre pretty good. Uh, barely landed after the Worlds. Oh, yeah? Mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, doesn't really get much bigger than this. That is amazing. Again, congratulations. Uh, before we, we dive into the tournament, I know most of my audience have probably never heard from you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Stian. Yeah, so uh, I, um, I've been kayak fishing for about five, five years now. Uh, got my first kayak in 2017. Uh, and the whole reason I got into this whole kayak thing was, well, basically a lack of space. Uh, didn't have room for a boat, uh, didn't even have a car to drag a boat. So uh, <laughs> I had this uh, small Hyundai i i08 or something, just really small car. Uh, looked pretty stupid with a pro angler on the roof, <laughs> but but it worked. Uh, so yeah, that's where it all started. And uh, uh, well, my first kayak was uh, actually a Jackson Big Rig. Uh, uh, pedal, uh, paddle kayak. Uh, but uh, after my first uh, 22 pound pike uh, in that, I, wow. I uh, <laughs> pretty much understood that uh, I needed a pedal kayak. I was uh, I was trolling with two rods, and when you <laughs> when you're paddling, it's uh, pretty <laughs> it gets pretty crazy when you hook into yeah. fish like that on one rod. And yeah, I think I. I think it was over an hour just to untangle all the all the lines and all the all that stuff. So pretty pretty quick got a upgrade to a used PA12 2012 model. Uh, used that for a year. Uh, kept all the extra gear and then upgrade to a 2019 PA12. Nice. How do you like mm -hmm. it so far? Uh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, I tried to attend a few competitions here in Norway, but there are no kayak competitions here. You have to compete in a two-two-man team by boat. Uh, and I'm like, hey, I can 
I can pay the entry fee for two people. It's okay. Just let me compete. No, it's, it's not fair. You're <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, I guess I can see it because I feel like I, I fish more efficiently from a kayak than I do from a boat because uh, you have, you can instantly control your position. Uh, you have your sonar right there in your face all the time. So you pretty much have total control. Uh, and it also makes me plan my trips uh, a lot more than if I was going out in a boat, because you can't just jump to the other side of the lake in like two minutes. Uh, you have to really, really make a, make a plan for your fishing. Yeah, that's always a debate here in the U.S. being that the kayak fishing is uh, just starting, especially bass fishing and boat fishing has been so popular for, I don't know, four or five decades, decades now. Um, and I think kayak fishing, I've always said, makes you a better fisherman just because, like you said, first of all, you don't have that many distractions. You, you really at, you know, almost at the same level as the fish. You know, you're right at literally yeah. at the water level. Um you don't have as much gadgets or motors or trolling motors. Well, some kayaks, anglers do have trolling motors. <laughs> now, but now they're pretty much the same as boats. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty much the same. But yeah, it's it it, may, it forces you to be fo focused and break down and just kind of like, yeah, this is this is a, this is my radius of where I can fish. I better figure out because I don't have yeah. enough time to move from one side to yeah. the lake to the other. How do yeah. you qualify then uh, for the uh, Hobie Fishing World? Well, that's a quite funny story, actually. I um, uh, I won a competition here uh, during the pandemic in Sweden, uh, pretty pretty big one. Uh, and uh, well, this uh, this world's was supposed to be a few years back before the uh, when the pandemic arrived, and I hadn't really qualified yet. Uh, so it was only due to a last minute cancellation that I got a got an late invite the Thursday the week before uh oh, really wow <laughs> yeah so uh, i i guess that was pretty much because uh well i had a good ranking uh, uh compared to other norwegians uh, not that much competition here but uh <laughs> yeah either way and i was pretty close i mean i only had like two and a half three hours drive there uh so i had an even shorter way to get there than the swedish guys who were competing <laughs> So I, I guess that's why uh, why they chose me. Uh, pretty lucky, actually, mm, especially considering that I won the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, going in as a as a last minute cancellation and then you know winning everything. Had you fished at that lake before? Uh, only once. Uh, another competition earlier this year in May, uh, uh, where I got in ninth place i think but i caught the biggest pike of the event uh 115 centimeters which is uh oh, i'm struggling to convert this into inches and foot and all that oh, stuff no, but, uh, <laughs> i think it's like 42 for the free something like that inches awesome so you said there's in you there was last minute cancellations and by so by ranking you got called how how was the ranking then? So I, I and I apologize, I kind of got lost. So you said you have to qualify by fishing on boats, or like is is there a tournament kayak fishing uh, in, in Norway? In Norway, yeah, but uh, there's oh, no okay. tournament kayak fishing here. So uh, the competitions I compete in uh, in kayak is usually in Sweden. Oh, in Sweden, okay. Mm. So and Norway since, uh, doesn't 
go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the I guess we are like two or three Norwegians in total who do any competitions at all. So uh, to be the highest ranked Norwegian is not really really that <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's much tougher for an American to qualify for this than, yeah. than it is for me. So how has the um, the sport um, grown like for you, you know, like in the last few years? It's basically just a couple of handful of Norwegians just traveling to Sweden. And and again, for those that are not familiar with that, Avia, that's Scandinavia, Scandinavia right? And that's considered Norway, yeah. Sweden, Finland, and po uh, uh, those are the three countries, right? Uh, Sweden and Scandinavia and Denmark, Denmark. correct? And Denmark. Mm. Yeah. So it is just, it is, you just have to drive there. You don't have to, you know, like take a ferry. And again, for those that are not familiar with, here from the U.S. that are not familiar with, you know, the country layout, you basically, it's just neighboring countries. You just drive from Norwegian to, to Sweden. Yeah, yeah. And uh, is it, are the tournaments really like hobby tournaments or just? Yeah. Uh, the, the guys who, um, uh throw these uh tournaments are uh kayak store which is the official dealer of hobie in sweden oh okay nice and uh, how many tournaments do you fish a year uh well during the pandemic there was a lot of these online tournaments uh okay. same principle just you pick your pick your own lakes um yeah uh usually uh well during the pandemic there were uh, a series of uh, four of these uh it was called the kayak store tour which were uh, four events uh most of them were uh uh these online events because of the pandemic it wasn't possible to meet up and all that uh and it was that that year 2020 when uh, i won uh one of the online events uh got on fourth on the second online event and then one of the physical events I couldn't show up for because of sickness in the family. Uh, and then I won the last physical event. Uh, so that, that was basically what put me in the position for a possible qualification for this Worlds. But then again, that shouldn't have been for uh, until for next Worlds again. So uh, because because of the delay. Yeah. And uh, how many... I mean, I know in your area, uh, there's it, winter is hard, uh, cold and, and long. How many months of year do you actually get to go kayak fishing? Uh, usually it starts uh, in middle of March somewhere. Uh, the rivers are possible to fish around then, uh, all the way up to uh, middle, middle November uh sometimes even longer uh 2019 was a really good year because uh it was so uh high temperatures the there never was any ice on the lake that's actually oh, really? when i caught my pb perch of uh 1.9 kilos uh i'll leave it to you to do the math <laughs> to convert yeah. that pounds but uh, <laughs> a pretty solid fish at least and that was in january from kayak usually there's yeah, like uh, <laughs> several inches of ice at that time of the year well that's awesome you got to at least that year 20, 2019 you said that was not yeah that was mm. nice um when now that once you qualified for the hobie fishing worlds now in the in that tournament you were allowed the setup was two pikes and three perch is that correct yeah so how was 
How many days of pre-fishing did you actually get to do before you those tournaments started? Uh, well, there were uh, two days of pre-fish officially. Uh, it was uh, closed for almost two months before that, I think, to do pre-fishing. Uh, I didn't really set myself that much into the rules of uh, pre-fish and all that uh, since I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know I was intending until the very last minute. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't have any time to do the, any pre more pre-fishing uh, either way. <laughs> uh but yeah i was like i said i was there in may as well on tournament and uh struggled big time uh we had one day pre-fishing and two days competition then uh i didn't have i, I was in contact with one pike on the pre-fish and the first tournament day uh i found the perch but pikes were nowhere to be found um now however however it's uh much warmer in the water all the grass has come up and created a lot of uh, uh, new spots for the pike. Uh, in the tournament in uh, in in May, I was like, uh, after day one, I only had filled my card on perch. Then we were supposed to have three pikes and three perch each day. Uh, only filled my card on perch. Was sitting on mid table after day one. I figured ah. I, I'm not. I'm, it's not possible for me to win this. So uh, I'm just going to do what I normally do: go for one big fish. Uh, so I went out way out in the open on a shallow uh, reef, I guess you can call it, rocky reef, uh, which usually is that kind of spot I fish back home, uh, and uh, made a stop on the way out there. A spot that I know hold a lot of small perch just to fill the fill up my card. Uh, three cast, three perch, that's it. Continued down to the spot. And uh, there I really, uh, really hit jackpot there with a 80, uh, 80 plus pike, uh, 79, and then a 115 centimeter pike. Wow. That's which awesome. then, wow. which then put an uh, increased. Uh, my position up to ninth in total and um, big fish points nice when um when when the tournaments you know when you got announced to that you were going to attend this tournament how confident were you that you know were you just like i'll see what happens you know what were your expectations would you ever thought okay i'm, I'm really going to win this i'm confident myself or were you more like well i just got invited so i didn't know so i'll, I'll just enjoy it what was your mental aspect? Well, I, I think it was a little bit to my advantage, actually, that it came in the last minute because I, I was a complete underdog. No, nobody would see me as a threat, right? So uh, uh, I just went there with the... Uh, I, my main objective was to get to meet up with all the best kayak anglers from all over the world learn a little bit about their fishing and uh, meet new people. That was my main uh, main target with the whole thing. Uh, but of course I made a plan. Uh, I, uh, uh, I usually when I, I'm not a tournament angler uh, to begin with, I uh, usually go for one big fish. That's usually what I do when I'm out fishing. Uh, but when I, do competition like this i usually think back to when i started fishing uh because then i was just out for catching fish right mm -hmm. that's what this whole thing is about fill your car to catch the most fish you can 
Uh, and then I fished pretty similar spots as I did during this uh, tournaments, grass grass beds and uh, uh, these these sort of spots. Uh, and that's what I plan to do: just fill up my card. Do uh, that's that's the most important thing. Uh, if you fail to fill your card one day, it doesn't matter if you catch a big fish, because I mean you. If you lack a 70 centimeter pike, that's 70 centimeters, right? In total, you can make that up by catching a 110. So uh, my my main main target was just to fill my card, uh, and see how it goes. Uh, so I uh, went into uh, the same area on both pre-fish days, just to. It's a huge bay area with. Uh, uh, which are sheltered with uh, a couple larger islands and then a bunch of smaller islands in between. Uh, usually pretty shallow, uh, three, four meters at most. Uh, and tons of these grass beds. So uh, my game plan was just to find out which, which of these grass beds that actually hold fish uh, and uh, just hit them until I had a contact and leave it for the competition. Uh, and uh, well, uh, uh, my my spots that I had discovered on pre-fishing they didn't work at all on the first tournament day, so I actually panicked a little. Uh, but I mean, there's plenty of grass beds there, and from what I've heard about this lake is that cast one grass bed, three four casts, you don't feel anything, move on to the next grass bed because you'll you'll feel the activity straight away if they're active in that particular grass bed. Uh, so it was just pretty much running and gunning all the time. Yeah, it's a, it's a technique that I know a lot of anglers, it's it's always a debate whether you stay and break it down and wait till they get active or just keep moving. But yeah. obviously it worked for you. Going into after day one, what place were you sitting on? Were you like in the top, the middle or towards the bottom? Uh, after day one, I was sitting in fifth place because uh, I managed to fill my card, uh, but uh, I didn't have the, uh, any size on the fish. Uh, there were under 70, all of them, I think, all the pikes. No big percher, perches either. But uh, as, I, as I thought on before, uh, it would be enough just to fill your card to get you in a good position here, because this lake can be really tough. I mean, it's such a huge lake, uh, so many potentially hot spots and only a few of them holds fish so uh, you can you can search and search and yeah it's um, it's a tough lake and uh, what I did on the last day that worked going out on the deep I, I tried that spot on the same spot on prefish uh, didn't hold a single fish uh, usually in the summertime the those big pikes who are out on the deeper water aren't as active because uh, they they hunt bait fish that are more active when it's cold in the water. Uh, but the pikes who are in the base, they hunt fish who are highly active when it's warm in the water. Uh, so then day activity level tends to rise as well. Uh, so that was my the safest bet. So I pretty much stuck inside the base for the whole tournament. And do you, going into day two, how did day two shaped out for you? You know, did did it immediately click, or was there kind of like day one where you struggled at first and then try to like change stack um, tactics? 
Well, uh, what I did all all the days was I usually go for perch in the morning because the morning bites uh, for perch usually are the best. Uh, uh, so that's what I did all days. Started out with perch a little bit deeper on a spot on the way down to that bay where I was going to fish for pike. Uh, uh, but on this second day, I discovered that there were uh, uh, a bit bigger perch actually hunting in the grass as well in the base. Uh, so I pretty much uh, used smaller shadow baits and uh, spinner baits, uh, smaller soft plastics uh, to have the possibility to catch both uh, decent perch and pikes uh, at the same time because uh, I figured they were both actually on the very same spot. Uh, and uh, quickly filled my card actually on uh, day two. Uh, so I moved to another spot where I'd actually seen uh, a couple bigger fish on uh, on prefish. Uh, and it was just uh, crazy there. Uh, caught a 91 and a high 70 and uh, uh, all my pikes that day were over 70, uh, which the day before I didn't manage to get over 70 uh so and also the moon uh, moon phase had turned so i think that played played a part as well in the increased activity level of the pikes uh, when go ahead i'm sorry yeah i actually had two of my fish uh, denied on day two i i had really? really good fishing on day two actually but every time uh, they sent me a message that my fish were denied, I had an upgrade in, on, in my lap already. So oh. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't really matter as much. Uh, Why were the fish denied? Really good. Uh, one, uh, one of the perch were denied because it was, uh, well, uh, they, it was the same fish as I had reported in earlier. Because I had oh. like a bonanza where I caught like several perch. Uh, at a short uh, amount of time uh, on the very same spot, and all of them were practically practically the same size. Uh, so I guess I sent the same picture in twice instead of sending one of the other pictures. <laughs> so oh, I, I my, th that's my bad. <laughs> uh, one of the pikes were denied because of a bad photo, I guess. Uh, sun, sunlight, some shade that made it impossible to see if the nose touched the end of the board or something. Oh, okay. And... Mm. How, what place were you sitting after day two? That put me up in a second place. Uh, first place, uh, uh, Florian, uh, the guy who held first place after both day one and day two, he caught an amazing fish of uh, 115 on day two. And also my uh, friend Felix from Sweden caught a massive fish of 119. Uh, so it was clearly, wow. clearly the pikes were on on day two. Uh, two of the biggest pikes during both pre-fish and competition were caught that day. So uh, something something happened. Yeah. And pikes were really on that day. That's amazing. And the like you mentioned, there's, there's so much that goes into it. Moon phase, you know, it, it, it affects the fish. Yeah. Uh, you know, some days are just going to, they're just going to be biting on everything and, and anything and everything and other days they're just not going to be biting on nothing at all and you have to like really work work uh your baits and kind of slow down your retrieval going into day three how confident were you that you can win this at, the, at this point when after day two did you feel like okay I'm, i think i can win it i'm confident what were your mind what was your mind uh once well, you know you launched it day thir three well uh 
day three is when all the craziness uh, comes into play. It's uh, just ridiculous. I, uh, Florian, the the guy who was uh, holding the first place going into day three, he uh, had a pretty solid lead with uh, 30 centimeters, which is no. an average perch uh, down to me. Uh, and I had a, actually a pretty solid lead over third as well. Uh, but um, something had changed today. There were absolutely no wind at all, uh, which I expected would turn the pikes off. Uh, usually it does. Uh, they need a roof over their head to become active. Uh, and in such clear water as well, it made it really tough. Uh, but uh, I, my first perch of the day were almost 40 centimeters, which is my biggest perch of the tournament. So uh, that really gave me confidence. That was within five minutes on the first spot. Uh, but then I struggled to catch my second perch, which was barely approved. Uh, and it took way much, uh, way too much time uh, to fill up on perch. So I was like, okay, uh, screw this. Uh, I'll go into the uh, grass straight away because I know there are perch in the area there as well. So just because uh, time's running out. <laughs> uh, quickly got a 62 pike there, which is okay. Uh, my main goal was just to, if I, the only thing I'd, basically had to do was fill my car that day and I would secure my second place. I felt like uh, for the first place spot was, uh, I mean, I know Florian, I've competed against him a couple of times and I know he's a solid fisherman. So uh, it would take him not filling his card for me to win basically, or I had to catch a giant. And uh, under those circumstances, I, I, I didn't really think that was going to happen. So I was really going in to just secure my second place. Uh, uh, in, the, in the grass there, after I caught a 62 pike, uh, I caught a few more decent perch and had my actually my most solid uh, card on perch uh, on the final day. Uh, and I had a few followers of pike as well and a couple contacts. So I was like, okay, pikes are obviously a little bit active. So I'll move on to my pike spot. Uh, one spot that I had a one meter plus pike following uh, three times on day one, uh, which I had left for uh, uh, the final day. Uh, quickly had three contacts there in like four or five casts, lost all of them. And after that, oh. it completely died off on me. Uh, couldn't catch a pike. I tried all the spots that I had delivered fish uh, on the previous days, but nothing, not a follower, no, nothing. And uh, my first alarm sets off that I have, if I go in now, I'll have like 15 minutes margin of making it in in time. I had like a one, one hour, 15 minutes, something to pedal back. Uh, I was like, okay, I, there's this uh, small shallow bay on the way there that usually holds a lot of small bikes. I'll give that five minutes on the way back in just to get that final pike on the board because after they turned off the scoreboard and it went dark, I had dropped down to a third place because I still didn't have my final pike on the board. Um, got got to that final small bay on the way back and uh, just flipped out a jackhammer with a, a tra little 10 centimeter, four inch uh, trailer jig. And just, it just stopped. And uh, 
I pretty, pretty, pretty fast understood that it was, uh, it was a big fish. And uh, lucky for me, Eric Siddiqui was pedaling by just casually. <laughs> and uh, I yelled him over and he came over and caught the whole thing on camera. And uh, I was I was pretty sure that even I mean in the those clear lakes that, that clear water uh, the fish looks huge right it's like a magnifying glass I was like oh shit that's a 120 uh, and uh, I mean the nets that we got they're not really designed for that kind of fish uh, I struggled just getting the 91 in there on day two uh, so I was like no way I'm gonna risk it with uh, with that small net on this fish so I actually hand landed it um pretty pretty nerve-wracking it did several outbursts and uh the fight felt like it felt like it took forever uh, and it was also barely hooked in the lip uh, with a single with a single hook so it was pretty nerve-wracking and when i finally <laughs> handled that fish i mean i can't describe that feeling it's just ridiculous and at the same time as i uh as i handled the fish my alarm that says now you have to go back unless you're not going to make it in time sets off you can actually hear it in the in the clip as well <laughs> i mean i mean it doesn't get more uh, it's like all all stars aligned uh it's just it was meant to be uh to catch that fish in the very 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 last second it's just that just doesn't happen i mean i remember i was like what are you doing here you're not supposed to be here you're supposed to be a 60 centimeter fish. What's this? <laughs> it was it was 111 centimeters? And, that is uh, right. yeah, is is just ridiculous, uh, really. It's funny because when you mentioned that, is you you get that little big fish, right? In this case, a pike, and just barely hooked on the lip, and you're trying. I've always say that that's where even an atheist turns into a religious person. Yeah. You just pray to God that please don't, don't let it get that, off. That's don't exactly off. that's exactly <laughs> what I said there, Eric. As well, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that makes you religious. It's uh, it, this is just not supposed to happen. I mean, it's yeah, it's unreal really so when you got that big you you took the picture um you submitted it at that I point mean, did you believe you wanted i i didn't dare to believe it uh i i thought florian had such a good good distance on me uh and i mean it it had gone dark for uh, one and a half hour already so he might have caught an even bigger fish uh he's that kind of fisherman you know so uh, i didn't dare to uh think that i had won it but uh at least i was uh thinking i might have saved my second place spot by a pretty good margin uh i mean that that fish just it just behaved so perfectly as well after i after i grabbed it no no bullshit no nothing it just lay down perfectly on the measuring board allowed me to take a photo and just gently released it again and it swam calmly back into the water it was just uh yeah it, everything was just perfect it's uh yeah when did you actually find out that you won it was it just when they announced it or had you had conversations already with the other competitor in florian that said like yeah no you won it or 
Yeah, uh, we uh, well, uh, when they shut off the scoreboard, you can still uh, see your own uh, total tally of, uh, you can still see your own score. Mm. Uh, so uh, the first thing me and Florian did when I got back in was to compare the score. Uh, but I, even then, I didn't dare to really uh, sell, <laughs> take the celebrations. Uh, 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 because uh, yeah, there might be a bug in the system or uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So uh, <laughs> I didn't really dare to believe it yet. But uh, I, that's when the feelings first started to hit me. Yeah, that I might actually have managed to pull this off. I remember when last year Christine Fisher won the uh, TLC Tournament of Champions um, before she won it, just catching her fifteenth fix, a three-day tournament, so her last fish to complete. It was just an outpour of emotion. Was just crying. She was just bent over crying. Just even though she didn't know if she wanted or really, but it was just that, you know, that stress for three days trying to catch five fish, five fish, you know, fifteen fish total. What was it for you? I mean, you had you didn't know if you had wanted at that point, but what was the the feeling when you're like, I got my last fish, especially considering like I got it at the very very last absolute second. What was your outpour of emotion? Did you were you just like relieved? Did, what were you feeling at that point? I mean, I've uh, I'm not like uh, Christine, who's used to these uh, tournament settings and uh, this this whole thing. So, um, I mean, this was probably my uh, I, I haven't attended ten tournaments even. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> I. Uh, I I couldn't. I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything. I was just. It was just hard to. I could. I can't describe it in any way. It was just, uh, or probably I couldn't. Tr I couldn't cry because I was so dehydrated from uh, fishing <laughs> for uh, five days straight. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah, I. I didn't cry. I didn't. Didn't do anything really. I was just empty. <laughs> yeah shocked i mean this i couldn't believe that this just happened it's uh yeah it actually made me almost religious it's just <laughs> it's just crazy uh i'm uh, i'm still struggling to put words on it uh, and i still really haven't quite understood that i've managed to win a world champion in something uh no nah, it's it's gonna take a while i think <laughs> Did you ever, when you started kayak fishing and doing tournament fishing, was this ever a goal for you? Or was this, you know, you mentioned like you, you know, you got entered at the last minute due to somebody um, uh, not showing up or couldn't make it, you know, to feel kind of fill in a spot, right? Like there was a spot empty. So they called you, hey, you're next online. Can you make it? Um, but was this ever when you when you started doing tournaments and found out about the Hobie Worlds and all that uh, before you even knew you qualified? Was this ever a goal for you? Or was this something that it's like, oh, I qualified? Well, might as go, well, go, go, you know, and see what happens. Or were, you know, did you ever? Of course it was. Uh, yeah. Of course it was. Uh, I mean, after after my first tournament, where uh, that was actually uh, when uh, Florian qualified for this one um in 2019 that was my first tournament ever um i got in fourth place then uh, and he won it uh and when i understood uh, when i saw the whole setting and uh, 
how big it was for him to qualify for this and what it meant. Uh, then that really piqued my interest. This, I mean, this is this is what I am most passionate about: uh, kayak fishing. Uh, and in in this uh, in this game, it doesn't get much bigger than to be able to represent your flag in a in a tournament like this. It's uh, it doesn't get bigger. So of course that was, uh, and I mean I have all the fishing gear I need. I have all uh, everything I need. So what what I was aiming for with uh, later tournaments was just to get a chance at this to. Uh, to attend the worlds, to meet up with all the best kayak anglers there is, uh, create new friendships, and just enjoy uh, representing my country in something. It's pretty pretty huge, and uh, you it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, uh, and I, I talked to uh, a lot of the guys from uh, one or one of the guys from Hobie uh, at the previous tournament I was like okay uh, if uh, you could win a Hobie links if you won the tournament in May um, but I said I that yeah would be nice of course but the main goal uh, the main reason I'm here is to win that spot in the worlds that's what I would like the most and now looking back at it um, where does this rank as you know your, your father you know and I'm sure that's at the top if not the top just you know having your family and all that but going down the list of things that you've accomplished in your life you know how does this rank well if you ask my wife it's the second biggest after uh, <laughs> after um, after our uh, <laughs> our marriage but uh <laughs> yeah it, it's pre it's up there it's pretty huge yeah it's uh it, it's it's awesome and to get and to now get the chance to do it again uh, next year is uh, is amazing. Can't wait. What? Uh, so okay. So I have to ask you what uh, what was the what's the amount like? What, what did you actually win as far as money value? You know, what did you win in your kayak? What, what was the payout structure like? Well, uh, the payout structure, uh, well, it's pretty huge uh, compared to what I've won before. It was uh, $3,500. But I mean, this uh, this kind of competition, I feel like there's more of the uh, the, the title. It's uh, It weighs much heavier than everything else. Uh, so uh, I guess winning the Hobie BOS would, uh, would give a much bigger payout. Because yeah. uh, over in the over in the states, I mean, it's uh, there, there's so much more money in the business over there, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, it makes sense that way. Uh, and I that that's not really what I uh, what I did this for. What I was what made me happy was to actually put Norway on the map in yeah. kayak in the kayak fishing world. Because uh, it, it's not really that big here. I think it, I think we're like ten people who do this uh on a regular basis uh at a serious level so uh, <laughs> to actually have a norwegian winning the worlds is pretty pretty huge um yeah and i feel that that's what gives me the mo most joy about this to put norway on the map in kayak fishing world as far as locally uh, on the media side, have you gotten any media attention like news media or any from the region just saying, hey, we have the world champion for kayak fishing is Norwegian. Do Have you gotten that type of attention? It's more like, oh, you know. Uh, 
A little bit. Some local newspapers have been in contact and some fishing magazines and so on. But uh, at a national national level, no. <laughs> but uh, then again, I haven't reached out to them and there's no way of them knowing that this even happened because uh, it's not when I talk to people, this is they didn't even know this existed, right? Kayak fishing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really expect any media attention about this uh, either way. So, yeah. Now, so now that you're the world champion of kayak fishing, you know what's going to keep you hungry? From you know, you've accomplished the highest peak in kayak fishing. What is there next for you? Something's got to well, keep of you hungry, right? <laughs> Doing well, it again. of course, uh, some might. Um, well, I have. You could say I have a little bit of advantage because I'm used to fishing for pike and perch, uh, unlike uh, a lot of the contestants in this uh, hobby world. So now I'm just eager to show that I can I can catch other species as well. So I'm just eager to attend the next worlds and kick ass there as well. What um, where is going to be the next worlds? Because I'm assuming it's going to change every yeah. is it a yearly thing right it's not like the olympics where yeah. it's four years it's just yearly right have they announced already when it's going to be the next one uh no they haven't uh but it's the 10 uh, well th this is uh, nobody's told me this this is just my own guessing uh since it's the 10 year anniversary i have a small feeling it's going to be over where you're at in the u.s because uh, that's where hobie originates from uh, so that's what my gut tells me. So for travel, I know uh, you're from, you know, you're from that area of the world. So for you, you, you just drove your kayak there, right? I know. For, I don't know how it works. I'm assuming for those that like from the United States, Australia, their kayak was provided there, right? All, uh, all kayak anglers, kayaks were provided because uh, yeah. every, every contestant was supposed to have the same uh okay. same rig same gear same everything the only thing you could bring yourself were your rods reels and tackle so uh all the all the kayaks were hobby pa 14s 360s with uh, oh, wow. lawrence lee tifs um uh seven and the power pole uh, and an h grade that's pretty much it nice mm. So how did that 360 feel? Have you gotten a 360 before? Or is this the first time using a 360? No, it was the first time. Uh, took some getting used to. Uh, with uh, Well, now uh, I'm used to pulling a, uh, pulling a strap when you're going to go reverse. Now, now that wasn't there. So <laughs> it took a couple of days before I realized it wasn't there. <laughs> uh, but... It, this lake is so huge and it doesn't take much wind to create a lot of waves and uh, to hold your position uh, in these uh, in these waves and this wind uh, the 360 were just gold uh, so if uh, I didn't win the kayak sadly but uh, it <laughs> that would have been nice right yeah it would be nice but now I have to buy one <laughs> <laughs> Those 360s are uh, are really good, nice. especially in these windy conditions. Uh, and up here, it's windy all the time, so <laughs> game changer. Do you usually, when you're out fishing, just you know, for for yourself, not competing, you're out there just 
enjoying your day. Do you usually go for pike and perch? Or what's your favorite type of uh, fishing that you do over there? Well, from uh, from when I was starting fishing, uh, it was pike mainly. Uh, it's only the past uh, three seasons I've uh, gotten more into perch fishing, uh, uh, which uh, the past three years it's been mainly perch actually because uh, i caught a massive pike uh back in 2018 uh and after that i was like okay there's no way beating this uh so yeah. i needed some new motivation uh, and picked up perch fishing do you do um is there bass over there in the in your area uh, sadly, no. Uh, there are some rumors of a uh, couple ponds where uh, it's been released black bass. Uh, I've never been there trying myself. Uh, I guess the closest uh, closest to us where you can find bass would be down in Italy and uh, further south, Spain, Portugal. Oh, nice. Have you have you gone for musky? Is there musky fishing where you live? Um, no. Oh, there's no musky over there. Okay. No. Nice. And northern, northern pikes are the top predators here. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> I would have thought that you uh, um, there would be muskies in that area too, but I don't I don't even Yeah, I mean I, uh, I mean it's pretty pretty similar uh, nature and climate here as in yeah. Canada, so I guess you would assume that we pretty much have the same species, but uh, sadly we don't. <laughs> I would have loved to have uh, huge lake trouts and sturgeons and muskies and bass and all that. Would be awesome. Um, other than uh, that, you know, in, in Scandinavia, where have you gone kayak fishing? Have you traveled to other parts of the world or Europe to do kayak fishing? No, actually, I haven't been outside of Sweden uh, or Norway kayak fishing yet. Uh, one of my biggest dreams is to go to Canada, actually. Uh, bit rough bringing your own, ca own kayak over there but uh yeah <laughs> uh at least just go over there and do some fishing because i mean canada has every every species i can imagine wanting to catch in freshwater so it would, that's my probably my dream destination any specific lakes in canada that you want to go uh no not really uh i i would probably venture uh, i well that's one of the things i love about car fishing is that i get away from people yeah get uh, <laughs> out into the woods uh where uh, there's nobody else and just so i'd probably find a local guy get the plane out into the wilderness and just me and the bears <laughs> that's probably what i would do what is what do you love more most about kayak fishing other than catching fish but is there anything else that you like when you're not catching fish that you feel like even though i'm not catching i'm enjoying this part of of kayak of the of the sport anything else well uh, i you get a whole different perspective of the nature when you're out in the kayak i mean yeah. there's no engines no nothing it's just silence and you you can sneak up on wildlife uh yeah uh, fairly easily you it's a complete different contact with nature uh which really elevates the experience whole experience of fishing yeah, and, and for those that have never been to, you know, again, Scandinavia, 
Norway, Sweden. I've actually went, I've I visited Gothenburg. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it, right? In Sweden. And forgot the name of that island. Visingno? Visingno? Outside of uh, Gothenburg? Yeah, close to it. It's it's okay. an island. I remember I think the, the island has a huge wooden statue of a giant holding um something. It was just like holding like ground. It's not ground, it's just holding um pieces of wood. And the legend was that this I uh giant built this island in the middle of the lake, and it's a beautiful area. It's in I think it's uh forgot the the writer it's the it's where the the writer of that um stories what was the name Pippi Longstocking something like that yeah yeah right yeah uh, Australian is her name yes the writer. that's it <laughs> yes yeah, so that's where she yeah. lived that area yeah. it's somewhere it's a beautiful but anyways the point that I was going on and it's just like Not I actually strong. I visited that area of the country and I went on a canoe. I didn't go fishing. I just went on a canoe and it's breathtaking. I live in Texas. I don't see mountains unless I'm driving for 12 hours. I have yeah. no mountains near me. Um, I love Texas, but it, you know, it's not the beauty that no Scandinavia has. And I've gone there on canoes and, and visited those lakes and it's, it's breathtaking uh, beauty yeah. that you're privileged to live on. Um, so yeah, and I can imagine just being on a kayak fishing. You just kind of get lost in all the yeah. landscape and the wildlife. Well, I mean, this uh, freshwater uh, predatory fishing is uh, extremely uh, uh, small here in Norway. I think it's maybe a hundred people maximum who does that, like perch and pike. Uh, usually, there are trout fishermen and uh, saltwater fishing for halibut and cod and coalfish, so on. Uh, which is huge here in Norway. I mean, uh, yeah. that that it's actually pretty stupid. I haven't done it yet. Uh, going up north uh, with my kayak to pull up some big halibut. Yeah, that's also up there on the list. And uh, and even kayak and canoeing is just a big sport itself. In I remember um, Stockholm. It's big on on doing like kayak tours and not just not i don't think it's necessarily fishing but just like um researching when i went to um sweden one of the things that i wanted to do didn't get a chance of but it was just like kayaking through the coast of stockholm i guess it was yeah. it's pure beautiful and i and and if i remember correctly when you look at the olympic sports most of those like um sports that are like rowing um, they're mostly dominated by people from the Scandinavia area, if I remember yeah. correctly. So it's there's a, big a bunch there. of these. Uh, there's a bunch of these uh, kayaking clubs and uh, stuff here in Norway as well. Uh, some uh, some badasses who pedals from uh, from Oslo all the way up to uh, Tromsø, which is uh, the basically the entire coastline of Norway. Yeah. Uh, that can be pretty rough, but also it's an amazing trip. I've only gone there by boat once, uh, but to do it by kayak, that would be pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I would bet. I would imagine so. Um, uh, Stian, I've, I've had you almost for an hour and I know you, you, 
you're taking care of, uh, of your son uh, right now. You have how many kids do you have, by the way? Just one? No, I just uh, have one uh, daughter, actually. Oh, daughter. I'm sorry. I apologize yeah. about that. Um, so how old is she? She's two. Oh, two years old. Congratulations. Mm. Plans Born on having in the more kids? Of the pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of babies were born in the middle of the pandemic here in the United States as well. I'm sure in other parts of the country too. Yep. <laughs> Not a lot, a lot of time with with the wife and the girlfriend. When, you know, uh, when you're. I mean, there, in there's isolation. not much else to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Stian, like I said, I've had you for over an hour. I do wanted to give you a chance to um, talk a little bit about. Uh, I don't know if you have sponsors. I know it's not a big sport over there, but I do know you make your own lures, correct? So tell us a little bit about that. And if you want to take a few minutes to thank anybody you want to thank for uh, helping you kayak fishing, go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, if uh, if there's one, uh, one uh, company I should give an extra thank you for is uh, Kayak Store. Uh, the distributor of Hobie in Sweden, who has, uh, which I'm now an ambassador for, uh, uh, making. I mean, they have everything you could imagine. Uh, putting on a kayak in one spot and a super service has always backed me up when my drive is broken and every. I mean, they're just just amazing and make make it possible for me to do my fishing. Um, uh yeah guess that's pretty much it uh yes uh i do make my own baits um mostly soft plastics and they were actually a huge part of uh of me uh my position in this uh, competition as well i mean the the final fish was on a shadow bait but uh the trailer was my own <laughs> uh so uh, i have uh, a bunch of different models but um this is a little bit bigger one. Oh wow that is a big bait <laughs> nah not really i have a, a much bigger <laughs> oh yeah uh, this is a decent all-rounder for pike i would say nice usually usually we uh use quite uh, pretty much the same gear and setup as uh, musky fishermen do uh here in norway or and sweden we take a lot of inspiration from the US and bass fishing and musky fishing when it comes to our pike fishing and perch fishing. Uh, for perch fishing, we use pretty much all the same techniques. Uh, Ned Rig, uh, Tokyo's, uh, Texas, Carolina, etc. drop shot, it's all, it's all pretty much the same. Um, Shadowbaits has really made an impact the past couple of years. Uh, so we we do basically the same things uh we're just uh, maybe a year or two behind <laughs> how does so, it feel uh, that go ahead i'm sorry yeah so uh, i guess uh, it wouldn't be too difficult for uh, for an american to come over here and fish for these species because it's pretty much pretty similar actually uh from what i understand uh i've never fished for bass myself so i shouldn't speak too much about it but uh I mean, uh, all our uh, techniques and inspiration are uh, we have gotten from from bass fishing. So uh... yeah, and uh, it I think they did pretty good uh, the Americans over there. Yeah, um, I think I know Christine Fisher, and she usually loves fishing for you know musky, and so even though she doesn't 
from what I've seen, and I can't completely speak to what she, you know, does more of, but I know her, where she's from, there's, you know, she, she's more familiar with the pike and perch than probably most bass fishermen. It's really a southern sport in the United States where it's just where you can only yep. get bass. You know, not a lot of places have perch or pike. Hmm. I mean, she uh, she got the she she took got the point of what the fishing was all about here uh, straight away. Uh, hitting the grass, uh, running and gunning, shadow baits, spinner baits. Uh, so uh, she she hit the nail on straight straight on the head right away. That's, yeah, uh, that's pretty similar to what I've seen her done in bass fishing tournaments as well. So uh, clearly this was uh, nothing new to her. Uh, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. I think one of her um, biggest strengths is able to adapt. She's very good yeah. at adapting to um, different bodies of water and different species, obviously. Yeah. I mean, she she pulled off a, a top five position. She was fifth, came in fifth place. Uh, in total and to do that on the other side of the world first time you're there i mean it's a uh, huge respect for that yeah yeah how did ryan lambert behave well, did, did he embarrass us the <laughs> we love ryan lambert just messing with him i'm sure he, he got it i'm sure everybody noticed he was there <laughs> uh yeah no comment <laughs> <laughs> no we no i mean it was great i mean uh well i got pretty much uh confirmed what I uh, the impression I had in general of Americans uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind he's, we're, he's from Tennessee pretty, okay no <laughs> pretty pretty loud but uh, they're they're all good now nah, they're all good people uh, yeah you know, just tone cheek um, joking about but that it, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite easy to notice that it's an American in the room <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty loud yeah but but uh, i mean they were great uh, all of them uh, and i i quite enjoyed the uh, the raffle they had at the beginning of uh, each day uh pushing each other into the walls and trying to get each other off tracks i mean there was a huge battle between the australians and americans there <laughs> i just stayed in the back having a laugh it was uh, yeah, it was awesome I've been to Australia. Australians can be very Americans too. They can be yeah, loud I mean, as well. <laughs> I, I could, I could, I couldn't tell the difference if there wasn't a flag, a different flag on their kayak. Uh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. I've been to Australia, and I've been to. I used to. I formerly lived in Puerto Rico, right? So I, I used to go um, to Bali, Indonesia, to go um, surfing. And man, Australians were just as as loud as it can be. I mean, the prank, yeah. they would love to do prank. They would love to. It was just like, you know, there was an Australian right from the beginning. It's they're loud and they're, they love to prank. So, yeah. So I'm sure it was a good battle. <laughs> and when an American noticed that they were loud, I mean, then, then it's really. Oh, loud. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially somebody like Ryan Lambert. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's not, he's not going to be the quiet one in the group. I can guarantee you, make sure he's going to allow this one. And yeah. I, but again, it's it's all jokes. We love Ryan Lambert here. Oh, yeah, they were, uh, they were great guys, all of them. So uh, really nice having the opportunity to meet them. And they're uh, pretty decent anglers as well, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
Well, Stian, again, thank you so much for joining us. I've had you for an hour, and, and I know you got daddy duties today, so I'll I'll leave you to that. And uh, again, we congratulations uh, on your big win, biggest win you can ask right now in kayak fishing. We look forward um, to you know what your progression as an angler, and uh, if you know if if you ever here in the United States, whether for Hobie Worlds or whatever reason, uh, we'd love to so. yeah. Love to see what you do here with bass. Get you in some big bass. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, I I really hope that it will be on the other side of the pond next year. That will be awesome. Finally, Def finally catch some bass. Definitely. Not only not only watching them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again, and for those out there listening, if you made it this far, thank you for uh, listening to us, and remember. Go check out our sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. If you're going to be underwater, wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers or any alcoholic drink, please drink responsibly. Make sure you make it back to your loved ones. Have a good day, great day, everyone.